I want to welcome you to live streaming from Landmark Baptist Church here in Lyons, Georgia. Uh, we pray this Lord's Day will be a great and precious day in your life. I'm going to preach on a subject that is very close to my heart this morning, a subject which was never taught to me by any man. I learned this truth from the Lord within the first week that I was saved. It has been a blessing to me for the last 53 years. Now I want to go to our text for the message and that is found in 1st Peter, I'm sorry, 2nd Peter, the first chapter and the 10th verse. It says, Wherefore, rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, if you do these things, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The title of my message this morning is to, What About Your Calling and Election? You need to start thinking about those right now, but before I get started, I want to mention a couple of prayer requests. Uh, I want you to remember Randy Callahan. Randy Callahan had a um, liver transplant, and he's doing great right now, but he's got some time to wait to make sure, so he's asked that we would mention a prayer request for him. I pray your prayer for him. Also, uh, we've got some here in church that uh, have some ongoing problems, and we ask you to pray for them. Also, now, my subject today concerns your calling and your election. There are a lot of things this day which is so important to people. Political things, health things, job things, and money matters. These things are important to people right now. But do people think of their souls, where will they spend eternity? Uh, how, how many people today think about when I leave here, you know, every day we live, we're closer to the time when we're going to have to give an account to the Lord. Do you think about your soul? Do you think about uh, where your soul is going to spend eternity? Well, that's an important thing. There are two very important things that we must be faced with today. Both of these things are not important to the world, but are only to be understood by those who have been quickened by the Spirit and now know these things. The two things are calling and election. Calling and election. What about your calling and election? If we are to understand these <coughs> precious doctrines, then we must first understand that there are two different callings taught in the Bible. They are the outward call and the inward effectual call. You know, it was John Bunyan who said, uh, By God's common call, he gives nothing, but by his special call, he always has something to give. 
Now think about that for just a moment, that there is a common call that is given out every time the gospel is preached. That common call goes out, but God hasn't promised to give anything as a result of, 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 of following the common call. But he has promised that when that inward call comes, and we're going to talk about it more in just a minute, when that inward call comes, God has promised to give many things in this life. <clears throat> you know, when, when that, when that, uh, call, a spiritual, a special call comes, as John Bunyan spoke of, he, he is, he's like an old hen, or it is, it's like an old hen who has a special call to her biddies when a storm is coming. And by the way, you know, pray for us because we've got some storms coming here in this area. And pray for it, but, but that's what an, that's what an old hen will do when she'll call her biddies to come when a storm is coming. She calls for them to come under her tender wing of protection when, when she calls for them. Well, folks, God has a call which is not given by a preacher. He has a call not given by an Armenian witness, <clears throat> but is given secretly by a small, still voice. <clears throat> you know, that's um, a small, still voice. How how can it be a voice if it's small and if it's still? But that's, that's God's way of doing it, through a, a small, still voice that comes to his people. Come, That voice is coming from the Holy Spirit. Jehovah God told Elijah, and after the earthquake of fire, <clears throat> but the Lord was not in the fire, after the fire, a still, a still, small voice is given. First Kings 19, verse 12. A lot, a lot of deceived people have answered the outward call of the preacher and are told that this is all that one needs to know, is that outward call. But that is not true. All one needs is a call of that still small voice. God may be speaking to you even today in that still small voice. He may be speaking to you under a voice that you don't hear, but it comes, it comes in your heart and comes through your heart. And, and God uses that method of, of, of calling His children in. Now let me give you some good advice today. Make your calling and election sure. Some of the greatest advice I can give you today is to make your calling and election sure. You don't do this by trying to get more out of God, for God <clears throat> already knows if your calling and election is sure. You're not, you, you, you're not doing this to try to get more out of God, because God already knows this. God, even before the world began, God knew who he was going to call, and he, he, he knew who he was going to elect even before the world began. And so thereby, uh, it's not a sect, it's not a thing of, that to make God aware of it. You know, a lot of people try to tell God, well, you know, God, I've been called and elected. No, that's not it. You've got to know yourself. You've got to know in your own heart that you've been called and elected to salvation. <clears throat> you must be fully satisfied 
that God has called you and elected you to salvation. Now, I have always, and, and that there are, I've always believed and I've always said that there are three sureties in my own life. You, some, most folks have heard me say this before, but I want to say it again. I know God saved me on March of 27, 1967, and I can look straight into this camera and, and, and say that without a doubt in my mind. I know that he called me to preach in 1967 and first Lord's Day in May of 1967. And lastly, I know that I am where he wants me right this minute. I, I, I never dreamed that God would ever want me to be preaching a live stream on the Internet, but I know I'm exactly where God wants me right now. I know that I'm, I'm exactly where I, where, I, where I need, where I'm supposed to be. Now, how sure are you of your calling? Now, some people say, well, I'm pretty sure of my election, but how sure are you of your calling? It, it, it can be easy to be, it can be very easy to be sure of your election because all you got to do is learn the doctrine and you know it's true. You know the Bible teaches it. I've even had people who don't believe it say they know the Bible teaches it. They know the Bible teaches election, but, but all of that comes at understanding in our heart, in our personal life, all comes because of the calling that God has given us uh, to that, through that still small voice that he called us one day unto salvation. Now, I know of two dear ladies who, who went to their grave not being sure of their salvation. I thought about those two ladies, and I mean, we're, I'm talking about 50 some years ago that I, kn- I knew these two ladies that went to their grave not being sure of their salvation. One of these ladies, joined every church in the city there in Kentucky. And someone asked her why she did why she, she why did she do such a thing? She replied, I want to make sure I'm all right. So she was she was seeking out joining churches to make sure that she was okay. So that's that's sometimes that's extremes that people go to to try to make sure in their heart that they've been called. But but that's not that's not the way it's done. Then um, uh, the other lady, um, the other lady called me every day, and her words were to me. She called me every day, every day, never failed. She called me every day. She said, "I'm afraid I will not have it when I get before God." Now. You, you'd be surprised some of these things that go through people's hearts and they just let it go and let it go and let it go and let it go and they never really sit down and think about in their own heart, have I really been called? You know, I know it's hard. I know it's difficult because I, I to this day, I can never justify why God called me to salvation. I can never justify out of the billions of people that have lived upon the face of the earth, out, out of the, the billions of people that God has called to salvation, I cannot even imagine me as being one of them 
And being that blessed, I just cannot. It, it's hard for me to fathom in, in this day and time. But um, several years ago, a man came to me about his salvation and baptism. He wanted to know if I thought they were okay. So he, he gave me a testimony of his salvation. He gave me a testimony of his baptism. And, um, and, and, and what I told him was, he, he wanted to know if I thought they were okay. Well, he, uh, I didn't think he was. I didn't think it was okay. I told him. I told him, I said, I said to him that I would not want to face God with such a testimony that he gave. He said to me, I have asked many preachers over the years, over the last few years, the same question. And you are the first to tell me it is all wrong. He said the rest of the preachers told me just to, he says, told me not to worry about it. Just believe that I'm all right and that'll make me happy. But he said it didn't make me happy. He said I was not happy. And, and praise be unto God that man came and trusted the Lord as his Savior, and he has been very happy ever since that day. Now, this happened over 30 years ago, and so that man's been happy. He's happy to today because he got that, he got that problem settled out in his own heart, you know, that, uh, that, that, that what he did when he was younger was not what God expected of him. You know, his testimony was that, that he went forward in church. His testimony was that he was put into the baptismal waters and he was told that that's okay. That's fine. That's fine. If you want to, if you want to do that, uh, that, that's okay. That's fine. But it didn't make him happy. He wasn't a happy man, was a very unhappy man. Very unhappy man. Listen, folks, our text verse comes alive today. It comes alive today. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. That comes alive today. Yes, I know we're live streaming, but that also comes alive today that you must realize that you have to give diligence to make your calling and election sure. That's in First Peter, Second uh, Peter 1, 10 and 11. Why must you do this? Why, why must you do this today? What, what reason, preacher, are you going to give me to do this today? What reason? Well, it will make you one of the happiest persons in the world when you get this settled. I'm telling you folks, I know, I know we get sad over a lot of things. You know, I'm, 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 I've been saddened over the death of one of my friends, one of my dear friends, the mayor of Vidalia, Georgia, and I've been asked to I've been asked to preach, be one of the preachers, uh, of two preachers at, at his funeral. And, and, you know, and, and I, I lost a dear friend there. He was a dear friend of mine, but, but that didn't, that's, I'm still happy today. I'm still happy today. I, I, I told his wife, I said, I'll, I said, it, it will be a honor for me to do that. And, and, and it will make, 
me even more happy than I've been in a while. And, and she said, well, I just pray that I can find some happiness uh, in it. And I, I pray that she will. Well, why must you do this? It will make you one of the happiest persons in all the world. Those who doubt their calling and election can never be happy. They can never be happy as long as they go around doubting. I remember a lady one time many years ago that we, um, she came to church every Sunday. And, um, and she, and, and every time I would talk to her, I would go to her house and, and, and she sat in her swing and I'd sit on the steps of her porch and I would talk to her. And, and, and I asked her one day, I said, what is it that will make you happy today? She said, the thing that will make me, she wasn't a very happy lady. She said, the thing that will make me happy today is if the Lord would come down right now, if he would come down right now, and if he would pick me up and, and, and let me know right now that he has saved me. I told her, I said, ma'am, that's not going to happen. I said, that's not going to happen. I said, Lord's not going to come down and, and, and have some movement on you to save you. I said, that's not going to happen. I said, that comes, that comes from, uh, a, a secret call that God sends out to his children. And, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of people out there like that. A lot of people out there like that. I, I knew a man was the same way one day. He told me, he said, unless the Lord moves me, he said, I'm not going to move an inch. And uh, I said, what do you mean, unless the Lord moves you? He said, I mean the Lord is going to have to come down through that church ceiling, and he's going to have to show me right where I sit that this is, that he, that I'm one of his children. I told him, I said, that's not going to happen. There are so many people who, who are sitting, there are people sitting in, in, in religious organizations today just waiting on something special to happen in their life. And that's not going to happen. The, the special thing that happened in my life is at March 27, 1967, when God saved my soul. That's the most special thing that ever happened in my life. I've never had anything like that since, except, except being joyful over seeing other people saved. But I want to tell you, folks, this is something... You need to make sure he, 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 this man, uh, well, anyway, listen, folks, this text comes alive, as we already said. It will make you happy, and those who doubt their calling will never be happy. They will die unhappy. That's the sad part about it. They will die unhappy. They, they won't die happy people. I've seen so many people die happy people, happy and joyous. My dad died a happy man. My mother died a happy woman. As a matter of fact, uh, I was at my mother's bedside, and I had made a trip to back to Kentucky on a Wednesday, which I never went up on a Wednesday. But I made a trip back on Wednesday, and I went straight to the nursing home where my mother was. And the first thing she said to me when I walked in the room, she said, Paul, pray for me. And I took her hand, and I had I prayed for her, and I held on to her hand. And she looked at me, and she said, "You can, y'all can leave now. I'm ready." And we left, and we got out of the parking lot of the of the nursing home. And my sister called, 
and said they just called her from the nursing home said your mama just passed away can you can you imagine that can you imagine that she told Rhonda and I she said you all can leave now I'm ready to go I'm ready I, I didn't have no idea I guess I was just stupid to it I don't know I had no idea of what she was talking about I I didn't know what my mom was always one if you went to visit with her and it got to be about eight o'clock she would tell you to leave because she said it's ready time for me to go to bed, and and so uh, and she said me and me and daddy she always called my my dad daddy she said me and daddy's going to bed, and she said y'all y'all need to leave, well I thought that was maybe what it was I thought maybe she wanted to go to sleep, I didn't know that she was ready to die I didn't know that she knew that she was ready to die I believe she did. I believe God knew it. I believe that's why God sent me up there on a Wednesday was because God knew that this was her day, her day to go. But, uh, oh, I'm, I feel so sad for people who are so unhappy, that unhappy when their death comes. People who doubt their calling and election are like those lost prophets of Jezebel's day. You know, they said, Oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice nor any that answered. They cried out. They ripped. They cut themselves. They ripped at themselves. They yelled and they cried and they squalled out on their God to answer them. But he didn't do it. He didn't answer them. They, he, he did not answer them one, uh, uh, one, uh, one word. Nothing. No sound. Nothing. Nothing. He didn't answer them. And he, even Elijah told them, said, well, cry a little louder. Maybe your God's asleep. And they cried out, and they cried out as loud as they could cry, but nothing. How many people today, and this, this saddens me to say this, how many people today cry out to God every day, every day, and God doesn't hear them? God doesn't hear them. There's a man right here in this community, every time I see him, he'll ask me, he'll say, do you pray every day to be saved? I said, no, I don't pray every day to be saved. He said, well, I do. I said, why? I asked him, called him by name. I said, why Why do you do that? He said, because he said, I want to know I'm saved. He said, I ask God every day to save me, and I want to know I'm saved. Now, let me tell you, folks, uh, everybody knows that that you can know you're saved, but yet they live with this thing of saying, well, you know, if I'm saved, I'm saved, and I'll be all right. As long, as long as I believe I'm saved, I'll be all right. That's not necessarily so. So that's the way those uh, those worshipers of Baal was in, in Jezebel's prophets during Elijah's day. They cried out to a God that didn't exist. They cried out to a God that didn't listen. They cried out unto him. Why was there no voice of encouragement coming from them? For their God was non-existing. Those who have not made their calling and election sure serve a non-existing God. God doesn't exist as far as a person is concerned if, if, they're, if they're not sure of their calling and election. God doesn't exist for those people. And certainly I, I do pray that, that we'll understand that and see that. Even today, God, Peter goes on to say, for if you do these things, 
if you make your calling election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fail, fall, for so an entrance shall be, shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Well, who, who said something like that before? <clears throat> who was it said something like that before? Wasn't it Jesus? When Jesus said in John the third chapter, he, he, he said in John the third, third chapter, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, that born again is important. That being born again, that's, that's when, that's that, that's that inward call, is, is that born again call when God calls his children to salvation. And I do pray today that God will bless you I know I, I don't intend on preaching long messages for this because I want to, I want people to listen to it and I want people to get the whole gist of it. I don't want to go on and on and on and make people forget about what the thought is of this message. So I say today, may God bless you today with great assurance that he has called you and elected you unto salvation. Oh, I pray that that happens. If there's any that are listening to me today, uh, I pray that you'll make your calling and election sure, that you have the assurance that, that if you die tonight, if you die right this minute, you're going to go to heaven. You know, we can die any minute. I've always prayed in the church here at Landmark, know that I've, I've said this many times, I've always prayed that when I preach my last message, I want to drop dead. I, I, I want to drop dead. I don't care if it's right behind this pulpit where I am right now. I want to drop dead. When I preach my last message, so maybe this could be my last message. But I'm going to tell you one thing. When I drop dead behind this pulpit before I hit the floor, I'll be in heaven with the Lord. I know that without a shadow of doubt. I know that. I, I know that in March 27, 1967, God saved my soul. I know that I've received that still small voice that, that I kept, kept, kept bothering me. Kept bothering me. I tell you, when Brother Jim Jeffries witnessed to me about salvation, uh, when he witnessed to me and told me about salvation, I want to tell you, folks, I I took off. I, I, I was a motorcycle person at that time. I rode with a, I, we didn't call it a gang. We just called it some fellas we rode motorcycles with. But uh, most of them were pretty like gangsters. But at any rate, uh, I took, I got on my motorcycle and I rode it and I rode it through the hills of Kentucky and I said, if hell is on the other side of this curve, I'm going to run right into it. That's how God was dealing with me. I knew what Brother Jim Jeffries told me was real. Something inside of me, that still small voice kept telling me, you know, it's real. It's real. And it wasn't until one Friday afternoon Ron and I've only, Ron and I'd only been married about eight months. And, and, and I walked in, came, came home from work. I walked straight past her and walked straight into the bathroom and I kneeled down at my bathtub and I said, Lord, I've, I've had this going on in me. This has been going on in me. Lord, I pray that you'll remove it because I want to be saved. And boy, I tell you, one of the greatest happiness and any man's life came over. But then you're going to say, well, you had to face other, yeah, I've had to face other things in life. I've had to face other things in life. 
But I, I'm thankful to God that He saved my soul, and I pray that He saved your soul. I pray that if you're out there today and you're not saved, I pray the Lord will save your soul. But, and you know, I know some people say before it's too late. Well, it's too late now. If if Lord hadn't saved your soul, it's already too late. And so you never know when the Lord's going to call you, uh, when that death angel's going to enter into your house and call you uh, to that death uh, time in your life. You never know, and I pray that God will see fit to show you these things. I can't do it. I can preach to you. I can tell you the truth about these things, and I have today. I can tell you again, and I, I can look straight into this camera right now and tell you that if you're not saved, you need to get down on your knees and ask the Lord about salvation. You need to talk to the Lord about salvation. You know, it's, it's okay to talk to me. You, you're, you're welcome to come and talk to me anytime you want to, but you need to talk to the Lord about it. You go to the Lord and talk to him about it and like, like those, and, and don't be like those, uh, uh, those false prophets of Jezebel's when they, they didn't have a God. They thought they had a God. They challenged Elijah, God, and they didn't have a God. They challenged Elijah in, in saying that th- their God would do the same thing that his God would do. Well, they didn't. Elijah didn't even pray. Elijah just bowed his head, and all of a sudden everything just came down, and that the Spirit of God came down and wiped up the water out of those troughs, wiped, cleaned up, wiped up that sacrifice they had, and took care of all those things, and all Elijah had to do bow down God knew that's just like when we pray God knows what we have need of and he knows what we need to pray about and I pray today that you'll pray about this may God bless you and until Wednesday night at uh, seven o'clock I'll see you again thank you very much